0: On this week's episode of Mindful Mondays, we will start with a calm, soothing meditation and then we will discuss the anxiety that going back to school may cause for some and ways to cope with it.
1: Close your eyes or gaze down. Start with three rounds of breath, inhale through your nose, open your mouth, exhale. Longer inhale, even longer exhale. One more inhale, open your mouth, sigh it out. Think of a community you love. Think of the beings, human and otherwise, in that community. Keeping them all in mind, repeat the following words to yourself in silence and complete awareness. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be at peace. Take as much time as you need to repeat these words. You only have to make sure that you say them after realizing what they mean and feeling them from inside. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be at peace. Once you have finished silently repeating these words, end the session by saying, May you and I be happy. May you and I be safe. May you and I be healthy. May you and I be at peace. Take one more inhale. Open your mouth, sigh. And when you're ready, slowly open your eyes.
0: Hey guys I'm Lexi and today we're gonna to be talking about some back to school anxieties um because I know that going back to school can be a super stressful time for everybody and everybody going back to school for the first time after COVID and everything it can be the first time you're going to school in like months so it can be just super stressful time for everybody so we're gonna be talking about different we're gonna be just talking about different um feelings and then healthy coping strategies. Yeah, I'm glad Lexi
2: brought that up because COVID was a time where no one really got to socialize or interact with other people. And so coming back to school can be very intimidating. I know personally I'm very scared of who I'm going to sit at lunch with because over COVID I didn't really, you know, talk to as many people that I normally would have. But, you know, my best advice right now is just take it day by day. You know, you can't just go in and expect to be back to normal as you were before COVID in terms of social, like, these are your social environment. So just take it day by day. And honestly, there's, I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you sit with the teacher, but I mean, I'm sure they'll be glad to have you.
3: Yeah, um, kind of to jump off what Mayhek said, I think that there's a lot of anxiety this August, especially for us rising seniors going to the school year because we're making college decisions and decisions that are going to impact our future, uh, our very near future. And a lot of us have not visited colleges yet because. I know I'm going on my first college visit very soon and I'm a little freaked out because I'm like, oh, running out of time here uh, before I have to apply. And we've also only had one full normal uh, year of school, which is our freshman year, which was kind of, you know, freshman year is freshman year. Not that it's not scary, but it's not, you don't do as much in high school when you're at at that freshman level. and uh, so it's just kind of scary being a senior going in and especially seeing the Delta variant on the rise. And it's like, okay, are we going to get a senior year? Or are we going to get all these things that we were promised for our senior year? Um, and that, I mean, that's definitely been a stressor for me. Um, and uh, really just has been giving me a lot of anxiety. I'm worried that we're not going to get our senior year.
4: Okay. Yeah, I think I can definitely relate to what Ava's saying. Um, Even though I'm not gonna be a senior, I've always heard that junior year is the most stressful. So for me, going into junior year, it's like a little, it's a little scary, I'm not gonna lie. But you know, I feel like a big part of helping your anxiety in school is just to find a good support system. And so like, while y'all are starting school, I know everyone should be starting school soon. And even if you're out of school, is to have a good support system and try to build up that foundation is so easy to like be able to calm down every once in a while.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with Emmy, I know I just came out of my junior year, I'm going to be a senior next year, and junior year was rough, I mean I was taking a lot of AP classes like AP Physics, AP Chem, and I found that the best thing for me in that time was having you know a good support system, having a balance of my school life and my social life. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much you're gonna study, if you're stressed out and tired before that exam, you're gonna do bad no matter what. So balance is really important and that can help with any year or like any
0: type of college or work. Whatever your situation is, balance is the key. Yeah, so just like what Mehak was saying, balance. And um, like Emmy was saying earlier, I'm also gonna be a junior, so it's super stressful. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, a, it's a different, kind of stress I feel like than senior year because um like junior year is like the first year that a lot of people have to start worrying about maybe grades or where you want to go I know I haven't even thought about that and everybody will always come up to me and they're like where do you want to go blah blah blah, and it's just like a lot of different stressors um but I think a good way to get a great support system is to join different clubs that you're interested in. I know my school has a lot of different clubs and usually I'll join a couple but I never really end up staying super active in all of them and I feel like if I were to be more active in the clubs and meeting different people it would be a great way to find other friends who are interested in the same kind of things that I'm interested in and it would be a great it's a great way to meet new people if you're new or coming back after not being in person for a really long time. Um, And I think it's just a great way to get involved and stay involved.
4: Yeah, so COVID cut off my freshman year. So for me to like, um, not be able to have those clubs and stuff meet in person, if if you do have them, make sure that you like, get out there, you know? Like that's my best advice for people who are starting high school, especially. And I think this also applies to college. It's like, you just have to go out there and meet people.
3: To kind of go off what Lexi was saying and talking about coping mechanisms and ways to really calm that um, anxiety. My freshman year was the first time that I really kind of started dealing with anxiety and it was really related to my health, which was, other things um, that that anxiety had come from but I was constantly worried about being sick and in turn my symptoms were really physical um, and that's like that happens with anxiety a lot as you have these physical symptoms pins and needles in your hands uh, cramping in your stomach headaches nausea I don't want to scare anybody but it's it's a way that anxiety can manifest just like um, you know a lot of movement and things like that and so that's how it manifested for me and that was kind of a hard thing to um, cope with because what do you do when you don't feel good all the time do you do you just stay in bed and um, that wasn't an option for me my parents wouldn't allow that as an option so I kind of would struggle going through the day just feeling sick all the time and not feeling like myself I couldn't I didn't have an appetite for a long time um, and so I couldn't eat and um, so I I kind of coped with that first by going and getting help And I know that's a hard thing and not everybody does have access to that Uh, a lot of families Don't believe in mental illness or don't really think that it's as much of an issue as it is and so you can't really ask for help I was fortunate to be able to and that was one of the most life-changing decisions that I made even though it was a scary step to take getting help was a big thing for me Um, and once I did I was able to kind of figure out what the next step for me was but just being able to talk to somebody um, and get all my anxieties out someone who didn't know what was going on in my life. So there was no judgment or no way that it was gonna get back to my parents, what I had told her, Um, really did help. And then also just sticking to a routine. um, I came up with a very strict nighttime routine that I still follow to this day. And that helped calm my anxiety. I started using meditation apps. Calm was the one that I use that my mom actually showed me. And that was also life changing. Um, I put on the sleep meditation and I fall asleep before it was even over. and then I did end up taking further steps to deal with my anxiety, and I was fortunately able to get out of that rut where I was feeling sick all the time. But it's really important uh, if you can't seek professional help, seek help through your school, through your school counselor, or through your friends who may be going through some, who may be going through a similar thing.
4: Okay, so I feel like my anxiety has also really affected my physical health. Um, I had heart palpitations and heart problems all of last summer because I was pushing myself so like hard trying to be the best at everything I was doing. And honestly, if you just like reach out for help, like Ava was saying, it's so beneficial because mental health is just as important as physical health. And that's something that I know specifically in my family was not taught to me. Like it was like always not Talk about your mental health, and so for me to be able to be open about the fact that I do have anxiety, and I know that I go to a specialist and she helps with my anxiety, and it's just so good to be able to have someone who like knows what you're going through. And so if it's possible for you to reach out for help, 100% reach out for help. Um, I use an app called Reflectly, and every night I like write down what happened to the day and what was stressful for me, so that I know personally how I can make tomorrow better. And so that little like. 10 minutes a day of trying to like analyze what happened so i know what were my triggers and everything it really helped me
0: yeah i'm glad you found something that worked for you emmy there's a lot of different programs and websites and apps online so if you just find something that works for you like i know a lot of people have talked about calm and my psychiatrist has recommended me for that multiple times i definitely need to start using it because it's a really great app and there's different things for everybody so maybe if you don't like hearing somebody talk to you you can listen to like nature noises there's literally everything out there um so just finding what works for you is a really good way to um figure out what calms you down and what emmy was saying how she writes down things when she figures out what uh stresses her out or maybe if you're feeling sort of panicked or you're having a panic attack you're having an anxiety attack just some sort of feeling where you feel stressed you feel swamped almost. Um, I feel like that's a really good time to reflect on what's going on and what's causing this feeling because I feel like it can help you get to
4: the root of what's really causing these feelings and help you better address them. Another thing that has really helped me is, this is going to sound silly, but weighted blankets. Having that pressure calms my anxiety so well. While we're filming this, I actually have one on me right now. So yeah, weighted blankets or the move if you like, and if you can't have a weighted blanket, the pressure is something that like works against your anxiety. That's totally okay. It's normal for a lot of people. But like, if if you're want to look for something, weighted blankets are really good for my anxiety. Using a lot of different blankets
0: when I would sleep because I feel like that's just more comfortable for me. I mean, ha- weighted blanket, weight having a weighted blanket isn't just kind of an anxiety thing, but it's kind of it's just also really comfortable. So I have one, um, and it's just like it's very comforting to have it at night and i can totally see how that helps for anxiety and i'm pretty sure that's what they're sold for but i have one and i love them shameless weighted blanket promo right there but definitely um a good thing that's just kind of a different like coping mechanism coping skill so i feel like if you're figuring out that like maybe you need a little bit of pressure on you or like i feel like this is kind of a an odd example but like if you do think it's just it's super comfortable too so if that's kind of just a coping mechanism so if you feel like that would help you it's definitely a really good thing to try
2: yeah thanks for that advice lexi um i know at mindful monday we always want to make sure that we're accessible to everyone so like if some people can't necessarily afford a weighted blanket or there are other barriers um, for you getting your help. Um, there are other coping strategies you can use that you know are free of charge. I know personally, I don't struggle with anxiety to the point where I need like a therapist for it, um, specifically for that reason. But what I found is that for me myself, being prepared for a situation is one of the ways I reduce my anxiety. So if I have a test coming up in like, two weeks I'll start preparing for it like a week in advance and not the night before so I know that oh if I don't understand a subject I'm stressed about it like two hours before the test begins versus I have time to go ask teacher questions and just and that helps me feel more relaxed and it's the way I do better on tests as well so it just it's just about finding what works for you and that doesn't necessarily have to be talking to a therapist you can talk to a friend a teacher a mentor just anyone you trust in or an adult that you're comfortable with I know
4: that I've talked about this in affinity groups, which are just when you like are with a group that struggle with the same thing as you. And um, something that we all related to was being able to ask for help for your disabilities in general, not only like mental illnesses in general, like I need to ask for help sometimes to, when I'm taking tests, like, hey, can I take this test outside of the classroom? It's really stressful for me to take it with everyone. And so it's, Just like, it's totally okay to ask for help, even if it's not necessarily going to therapy. You just have really bad test anxiety to ask your teacher, hey, can I have a heads up for the pop quiz? Because that's something that's very stressful for me. Or like, hey, can I take this test outside of the classroom because the classroom puts pressure on me and I won't test as well. Those sort of things are something you can 100% ask for accommodations on. And most teachers will 100% support that.
3: Yeah, as Emmy was saying, advocacy, when you have a disorder like anxiety, um, advocacy advocacy for yourself is really important with your teachers, with people around you, with your family, because if they don't know what's going on, they can't help you. And even though it's terrifying to open up to somebody, once you do, it changes things and people start being more cognizant of your stressors and what makes you anxious and they can help you and accommodate you.
0: Yeah, so I know at my school, um, I had to, work to get my accommodations and it it's really helped in the long run so I have like I've extended time which it can just take off a lot of the pressure because um I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the like it's like a testing bell curve and basically on one side it is like your performance and then on the other side it's your stress levels so there's like a peak Point where like when you're stressed and your performance are like you're stressed enough to the point where you're performing at the best you can but then once you go past that point and you're too stressed your performance is just going to go down like a bell curve you guys can like imagine that using your visual skills um so I feel like that takes off a lot of the stress and knowing that there's no there's not as much time pressure as there usually is um it helps me a lot and I feel like I've definitely been performing better now that I'm like I have that accommodation and I did have to advocate for myself and like I'll have to tell my teachers because it's not like it's not like they just look at me and know that I have them but just letting people know that these things are just things that you're gonna need to help you succeed.
2: Yes, Lexi, brought up a very good point about how teachers might not necessarily know just by looking at you what your accommodations are. So I wanted to bring something up related to that, which is how anxiety doesn't have a look, right? Like you can't look at someone until they have anxiety. So like looking at yourself, you might be like, oh, like I'm me, I don't have anxiety, like, but it's not about like diagnosing yourself it's about figuring out that you need help and figuring out how to help yourself right so it's not always about putting a label on it sometimes it's just about finding help and accepting that having help can make you perform better yeah absolutely anxiety
3: comes in all shapes and sizes and it's a lot of times it's an imbalance in your brain so no matter what background you come from you can absolutely have it and um and
4: then the other day that's a <laughs> <laughs> wait it's <that's laughs> no, gonna get cut that part's getting cut it was too awkward and then me and Ava were talking over each other mehek what it's did you fine. say cut it what I were you talking about because <laughs> i'm excited. to have that. a look
2: like and it's not about diagnosing yourself it's about just accepting that you need help
3: okay so to kind of wrap up a little bit. We just want to go back over um, some of the things that we're talked about, especially the coping mechanisms. That's the mindful part of our podcast. And we're just going to talk about some of the things that were thrown in throughout the podcast and some coping, coping mechanisms that we haven't mentioned. So I know for me, um, I use apps like Calm. That's my biggest coping mechanism. When I'm having a panic attack, I just try to Uh, take deep breaths and talk myself and I kind of picture like a cliff where I can either go into the panic attack or I can walk down and bring myself down and that
0: imagery helps me uh, kind of figure out that I'm having a panic attack and calming down. Yeah that's a really good point so I feel like for me even in my family everybody's always like you need to breathe, you need to breathe and sometimes I'm like guys I get it like I'm breathing but it's like I'm not really breathing and I feel like just focusing on your breath is a really good way to calm yourself down and kind of take things one step at a time and so like when you do it there's a four square breathing method so imagine a square and so you'll hold you'll breathe in for four seconds then you hold your breath for four seconds you breathe out for four seconds then you hold for four seconds so it's just basically making a square and you can like trace a wall you can just like move your finger in the air whatever works for you um that's what I'll do and I feel like doing that before a big test is a great way to reduce test taking anxiety before a meeting maybe just whatever if you're if you feel like maybe you're going to be feeling a little bit anxious or if you are just in the moment and you think you need to take a breath I think that's a really great way to be able to um just calm down
2: Yeah, that's a really good point, Lexi. I like how you brought up how you should take things one step at a time. I know with myself, there's like a lot of things I need to focus on. I have like multiple AP classes, multiple clubs, like, there's a lot of things going on in your life but like you're never focused on just one thing um but so that's the goal right that's the goal is to be focused on one thing at a time at least for me personally like I was cleaning my room the other day and there was stuff all over the place like clothes hair ties papers shoes everything and so instead of trying to clean everything at once I was like okay Let's start with the color blue. So anything that was blue in my room, I took the blue stuff out first. And so that way I was able to take something really large and stressful and break it up into little pieces. And that way I wasn't stressed about it as much.
4: One thing that also really helps me with my personal struggles with anxiety, this is something that my therapist actually taught me, is scaling. So on a zero to five scale, on how much things stress me out and how much I'm gonna personally let that stress affect me in my life, So for example, tripping and falling in the hallway, which would really stress me out. And I would probably think about it for the rest of the day. I have to realize and set myself back on and realize I tripped in the hallway. That is probably a one on the zero to five scale. And so being able to know how far you're allowing yourself to stress over things has really helped me personally, because I know that I tend to have a snowball effect or the domino effect some people call it where if one thing stresses me out, I maybe I didn't do as well on a test as I wanted to. And then I'm stressing about that test and then the next test and getting into college. And it's too much pressure. I just need, like you just sometimes need to be able to scale it back and say, hey, I missed one grade. That's not gonna be the end of the world. And so to be able to take that power back into your own hands and scale it and say, okay, that was probably a two on the scale Now I can move on. And so using those other coping skills is how you move on from the after scaling.
3: Yeah, what uh, Emmy was saying is definitely right. Putting things in perspective is definitely an important way of handling anxiety and realizing that what we're anxious about most of the time does not matter in the long run. And if we look at the big picture, you're not going to think about tripping in the hallway when you were in high school. You're not even going to remember or getting a bad grade on a test unless it was a really bad thing. I don't know, something really bad happened, but chances are you're not gonna remember it. Um, So it's really important to keep that perspective. Okay, so that's all the time that we have for today. We really hope you enjoyed listening and uh, got some good coping
4: skills from that. I hope that you're able to implement these into your everyday lives. I know that we mentioned a bunch of good coping skills and how we personally handled it. So I really hope that our experiences and our stories help you to grow and like understand your anxiety more. And we hope you realize that it's not about having a label,
2: it's about understanding who you are as a person and how to help yourself uh, with the problems that you currently have.
0: Yeah, and it's really, when you put it into perspective, kind of what Emmy was talking about earlier, um, you have to realize that the first day of school, the first little bit of school might be stressful, but in, in the end, nobody really cares. Like if you think somebody's staring at you, like they're, they're probably not. Like people aren't really paying as much attention as we think that they are. Um, so I feel like just making sure. And honestly, just stare back
2: at them. Like, give them the same medicine.
3: (laughs) We hope you enjoy and, uh, tune into our next episode. This is episode two of Mindful
2: Mondays. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
0: for listening to mindful mondays please check back every monday for a new topic